the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you are all having a blessed day today. And I was just going over some articles from this morning, something that I saw very intriguing. You guys remember a couple days ago, I told you in detail about why I'm not a fan of PayPal and how they're essentially turning into the Amazon of virtual terminals across the world and pretty much are very, very far left-leaning and have the ability to control and dominate any and all of your transactions, especially if you're a merchant. You can go back and listen to the show in detail I did on that. What's interesting, I just saw today now, Cointelegraphs has now reported, and this also on Zero Hedge, that PayPal has announced today that it is now entering the cryptocurrency market, which will be poised to be one of the largest virtual terminal companies to use cryptocurrency. They said PayPal's customers will be able to use cryptocurrency to shop at any merchant and its large network starting in early 2021. The payments will be settled through fiat currency, similar to many existing crypto merchant solutions. This means that the merchant will be receiving fiat as PayPal will take care of the conversion. Now, if you haven't followed a lot of this stuff, let me kind of break it down for you a little bit clearer. Cryptocurrencies were originally poised, and this is why I called them out years ago. They're originally poised to be this off-the-book currency. Oh, it's completely independent from a central bank. They can't control it. They can't monitor it. They can't do anything with it. It's completely and totally off the books. That's why they hate it. Now, that was the cover story they told you. And as we found out through more and more research, we saw that numerous CIA connections were made with the entire beginning phases of cryptocurrency and essentially what it turned out to be and now you can clearly see this it was and in my opinion will be the future form of the digital cashless payment system that they're trying to implement here's why currently right now cryptocurrency doesn't really have an actual value yes it's you know bitcoin so to speak maybe you know ten thousand dollars a coin or some weird stupid inflated price on the stock market but there's not any actual backing to it there's no gold there's no silver there's no commodities there's no infrastructure significantly there's nothing that actually backs this currency that's the goal so what they're doing is they're slowly bringing in this cryptocurrency and utilizing it in cash transaction payments. And now PayPal, who's one of the giant globalist payment systems in the entire world, is now going to mainstream this system. Because remember, the U.S. dollar is on its way out as the reserve currency of the world. It may not be next week. It may not be next month. Heck, it may not even be next year. But it's going to phase out. I think there's only been seven major world reserve currencies and the United States now has been pretty much the longest in history, meaning time's not on its side. And once the U.S. dollar phases out, they already have to have a fully implemented digital currency in place. That's why they've used so many excuses now. The Treasury and the Fed go, oh, we can't print any more cash right now. We can't print any more. It's because of COVID. You gotta understand, it's because of COVID. Oh, we are, we have a coin shortage right now. It's it's begin. It's because of COVID. You know that squirrel fell off the ladder and broke its neck the other day, but that's because of COVID. Again, I'm being sarcastic in the essence of everything's been blamed on COVID. It's been the perfect cover story to roll in a digital currency. And while PayPal accepts cryptocurrency now, and while the Treasury is reducing 
Fed printing, or the Fed's reducing Treasury printing and coinage, all these same things are starting to occur with reduction of cash. And now Walmart has basically brought in an airport-style tracking system that they wanted to implement. They've been talking about this for years. They're now telling everybody to download the app. This is going to protect you from COVID. That's what they're saying. It's going to protect you from COVID, and it's a Walmart pay and scan and go app. And essentially what it does is you scan your products on the app that's on your phone. When you walk up to the front, you then scan your phone on this little register scanner, and it automatically takes it out of your account, and you walk out the door. That sounds really, really slick, right? Well, here's the thing about it. As anybody, if I hope they know by now, when you download apps on your phone, be very careful what apps you download on your phone and what permissions you're giving them. The Walmart terms of use spells it out exactly how little Walmart actually cares about protecting anybody. It says right here, and I quote from the app, you authorize your wireless operator, and then gives the list of all of them, to disclose to Walmart and its third-party service providers your mobile number, name, address, email, network status, customer type, customer role, billing type, mobile device identifiers, location, purchases, subscriber status, and device details if available solely to verify your identity and prevent fraud for the duration of the business relationships. Because again, remember, it's for your protection. So essentially what you do when you download this app, they're going to track you, monitor, listen to you, watch you, spy on you, record you, maintain complete surveillance over every single thing you do, buy, say, and go with this app. And again, remember, it's for your protection. The problem is I have found that the vast majority of people don't even realize when these apps are on and you have the permissions on that they have the ability to spy and listen to every single thing you do, including your location, your photos, your text messages, everything, guys. I can't stress that any further. That's why you turn these apps off and turn the permissions off if you're not using them. But this isn't coincidental that Walmart's rolling this out right now, PayPal's rolling in cryptocurrency, they're saying they're getting rid of cash and coinage, basically the re reduction of it, I should say. I told you guys a story last week about an individual that emailed me, it's a listener, works at a basically Bass Pro restaurant, and they basically have said now that tips, tip outs from credit cards will not be paid out in cash anymore at the end of your shift. I explained that in detail. It's all going basically on your final check. This is getting ready to roll out very, very soon, my friends. So it's important that everybody gets prepared and wakes everybody up because I'll tell you right now, there's no stopping this anymore with this digital currency rolling out. I've tried to encourage everybody to use cash as much as you can. I mean, but it, it is what it is. It's going to roll out. So the next thing is how much you want to comply with it, meaning you still go to Walmart. If you want to go to Walmart, don't use this app. Use your checkout like a normal checkout. The more that they see a demand for that, the, last, the less they're going to allow you to do it. I mean, I'm not even a fan of Walmart, nor do I rarely ever go there. So that doesn't surprise me. But they're getting poised, Dad. What do you think about this? Well, Austin, we've been telling our listeners this for years because this is the goal of the New World Order as a cash society. It's what the Bible says. You know, without the mark of the beast, you will not be able to buy, sell, or trade. And what they're going to do is exactly what you said. I mean, you know, we got Bitcoin back up to $12,000 now. I mean, what they're going to do is they're going to slowly eliminate cash. It may take 5, 10, 15, 20 years. 
it didn't make any difference. I mean, now they're not printing dollars anymore. They already said they're going to stop printing through the Treasury, which they control the Treasury. The Fed does through the Exchange Stability Act. And so what they're going to do is slowly allow the cash in circulation just to deteriorate into mush. You know, so it's not even worth it. It's going to be like rags, and they're going to have to destroy it. So little by little by little, it may take 10, 15, 20 years. Because remember, there's hundreds of billions of dollars in cash that have been illegally obtained through drug sales and illegally pushed through the system. All that has to wash back out. All that cash has to go back into the system, back out into the economies, back into the people's hands to allow it to be distributed, to allow it to basically dissipate. So they can't, they're not going to stick one of their major banks that has $500 billion in cash and $100 bills stuck in a vault somewhere. They're not going to stick that bank with that currency and make it worthless. They're not going to do that because the drug dealing, the economies of the world, the $1.5 trillion in Afghan heroin, it kind of makes the world go around as far as the mafia is concerned. And the mafia is not going to allow this to happen. you got the Russian mafia, the Italian mafia, the Jewish mafia, the Irish mafia, all these different Chinese mafia. you got these mafiosa groups that work together with these big banks controlled through the IMF, International Monetary Funds, controlled through the Kabbalists that run the planet and basically create this economic system that we have. I mean, the thing is so corrupt, it's corrupt to the solid core. And, and last night I was I was watching and I was actually you know watching some stuff and I was you know doing some research for the show today. And television, Pat Robertson is like ninety something years old now. I mean, bless his heart. I mean, he's seen a lot better days. Uh, he's now coming out and saying that basically you know God told him he pulled the God card again that Trump will win and then an asteroid will hit the Earth. Well, you know, Pat, I hate to say this about you, bud, but I've seen you do the lion's claw with his, with his hand. I personally believe, this is my opinion, that he's a Mason, high-level Mason. Uh, I personally believe that he's not who he says he is. I used to watch the 700 Club. I don't watch it anymore because every single broadcast was Zionist. It was Zionist TV. And what Pat Robertson did about 30 years ago, he started talking about the Federal Reserve Banks. He started talking about what was really going on in the world. And immediately, when Bill Clinton was in office, when all this happened, Bill Clinton threatened to take away his nonprofit status for Regent University, which had made the university liable for all kinds of money that had come in from the sale of the TV program, the TV you know network that Pat had owned. So what ended up happening is Pat shut up. Now, whether or not he went back to his basically Kabbalist, you say that, couldn't you? Which is basically the Masonic Lodges are all based in Kabbalah, roots or whatever, I don't know. But literally every single broadcast that I watched for several years so I finally had enough of it was basically promoting Israel, promoting Israel, promoting Israel, promoting Israel. I only saw one broadcast on his show one time that was anti-Israeli, and that's when they were actually going into churches, Christian churches, in Israel and beating the people up and throwing them out and closing the churches. Oh, yeah, I saw that one time on his show. You could tell when he came back to the broadcast, he didn't know what to say about that. made pretty much no comment. And then, of course, all it was after that was pro-Zionism, pro-Zionism. So I don't trust Pat Robertson at all. I personally think he's senile. There you go. I've said that now. I think his mental acuity is way down. I think he should have retired long ago. I think they propped him up in front of the camera to use him as a figurehead because there's so many people out there that still – watched the 700 Club and loved this guy from when he started this program back in the 60s. So that's how I feel. So now he says that Trump's going to win and then an asteroid is going to hit the Earth. Well, he's 95 years old and saying the asteroid will be with five years or whatever. So there's a really high probability he'll be dead 
when this doesn't happen. And this is constantly what we're hearing now in the alt media. Asteroids hit the planet, tidal waves hit the planet, earthquakes hit the planet, volcanoes going to blow, on and on and on and on and on. It never stops. And here's why they do that. Number one is clickbait. Number two is to promote fear. And number three is to promote this agenda, which they're all staying in a tune with. If you can keep people as scared as you possibly can and basically frightened out of their wits, it creates a really negative energy field around the planet, which feeds these interdimensional demons. I've done shows on this. And this is the problem that I have with alt-media. And it's the problem I have with Pat Robertson now screaming about asteroid strikes. Don't believe any of this stuff, guys. Many, many years ago, I was told by a good friend that, you know, we were going to have, you know, Nibiru, Planet X, come back. This is like 10, 15 years ago. And that Nibiru was coming back momentarily. and It was going to destroy the planet. It was going to rip the continents apart. It was going to do all this stuff. It was going to flood the United States. And, oh, my gosh, this guy was serious. I mean, he was serious about this. He was absolutely adamant. Well, he gave a timeline. The time came and went. Then somebody else did it. It came and went. Then somebody else did it. It came and went. This has been going on for the past 30 years. Now, I'm going to say this again to you, and this is really important, because, you know, I love you guys, and I want you to walk in faith, not in fear. If we have an asteroid strike that hits the planet, and it destroys the planet, okay, whatever. We get to go to be with God. But sitting around and worrying about it, and pitching little fits about it, and crying and screaming and can't sleep at night over it, it's not going to solve anything. The Bible warns us about this. It says, who by worrying can add a single moment to their Life, Nobody can. And we need to understand that. We don't need to be walking in fear. And that's, that's what the globalists want us to do. They want us to walk in fear all the time. By the way, Trump is not really unhappy with some questions supposedly he had was interviewed with 60 Minutes with host Leslie Stahl. Now he's threatening to release the interview himself. You know, here's the thing. He's a big boy. You know, here's he did a taped show. You don't do taped shows. He knows better than that. You know, and now whether or not they're going to release it or he's going to release it, who cares? But, you know, it'll be the same old thing. How many bad questions can we ask Donald Trump to try to make him trip up here before the election's going to occur? Now, many of you have asked me, do you still believe that Donald Trump's going to win the election? I, my response is yes, I do. Because the rallies that Joe Biden is putting together, nobody's showing up or only a few people are showing up. Period. Trump's packing, you know, packing stadiums again. And so we have to look at what he's doing. Now, why are we having this massive amount of pre-election hype? Well, because they want to make it look like a race. They really do. You know, there's, anybody who would vote for Joe Biden has to be completely and totally insane because the man is a complete and total lunatic, and his son's a criminal crime family linked together with the mafioso, which, of course, Donald Trump is too. But, that, you know, this guy with Hunter Biden, the crackhead, lost all his teeth, had to have veneers put on. I mean, this guy, this whole family is a bunch of weirdos. But these people out there... They believe, and it doesn't make any difference what he says or what he does, because they're Democrats, and they're going to vote Democrat. And it's, just, and it's very frustrating to me. I mean, if anything, you vote Libertarian if you hate both parties or whatever. But, you know, if you don't want to go and vote for Trump or you don't want to basically have people vote for Biden, you know, encourage them to vote for the Libertarian candidate. You say, well, Ted, I can't believe you're saying that. Hey, look, here's the thing. I personally think Donald Trump's going to win as long as he doesn't make Israel mad. I mean, he's pro-Israel. He's pro-Third Temple. He's pro-everything when it comes to Jewish folks. I mean, he's pro-pro-pro. And what's funny about it now, 75% of the Jewish folks say they're voting for Biden. It's the strangest love-hate relationship I've ever seen because so many of the liberals can't stand his pro-life stance. 
which whether he has a pro-life stance or not, I don't know, but that's what he says now. He used to be pro-abortion. I don't know how you change that. I mean, I was never really pro-abortion after I became a Christian. I never thought about that. You know, before I had become a Christian, I, I really never thought about it. You know, when you're in college, you don't really think about those kind of things that much, really, you know, because it doesn't make any sense to think about it because, you know, you've never been taught to evaluate stuff in most cases as a child or as a young adult from a, how should I say, independent perspective. You don't know how to be independent in your thought patterns. You only understand what people have told you. By the way, Antifa now has gone full tilt cabalism. Uh, they have basically now done a full-blown occult-style ritual. This is this is unbelievable, guys. You know, on the streets of Boston, Massachusetts, in which they ate a bloody heart and drank the blood from it. Now, this is really who these people are. This is occult stuff. And you know, this weekend, as members of the group burned American flags and ate a bloody heart symbolic of President Trump, while countering a protest against left-wing political violence also held in the city. Uh, you know, basically they're saying that they're basically doing this to a chaos goddess, whatever. Uh, you know, this is unbelievable. After eating and drinking the blood from this heart, they started rolling around in ecstasy, and the heart eater is joined by fellow Antifa radicals in chants of praise to the chaos god while running laps around a smoldering American flag. I mean, these people are so degenerate and so twisted by our educational system, by the basically everybody gets a trophy group of people now that run the educational systems by the people who basically can't think through anything and by all of these people especially up here in North Carolina where I am right now who will not take off their masks I mean it's unbelievable of course the governor up here has required the mask ordinance again and there are still people out here that are patriots and I did see Donald Trump signs in pretty much every place I saw signs were Donald Trump I only, in fact I haven't seen one Biden sign here in North Carolina but now I'm in the western part of North Carolina, where it's very, very conservative. So, you know, again, we've got a circus clown show going on from Washington, D.C., that they subject us to every four years when they want to make us pretend like our votes really matter and that we're really running the country. I'm being very sincere right now because we don't matter and our votes don't run the country and we don't elect the officials. I'm just telling you, everything is rigged. We've turned into a banana republic. And you see that in these local elections when all these Masonic leaders are pushed to the forefront. We have the same thing in Polk County where we live. All these Masons go to the top of the polls. And you're like, what the heck? Why are you guys doing this? Well, because this Masonic group that has run the country for many, many years are still very much in control through the CFR, through the Federalist Society, and a whole bunch of other groups that are out there pushing that agenda. So, you know, we have to really, really think through it all. Right now, we also are being told that Iran is capable of shooting down U.S. most advanced fighter jets like the F-35s and F-22 Raptors with the S-300 radar systems they have in. Well, the S-300 radar systems are pretty good systems, but now they're saying that they're going to bring the S-400 systems in from Russia. Now, if that happens, uh, that's game over. Those are incredibly good systems, and they really will shoot down these stealth airplanes, and they'll do it very quickly. And so... All of this stuff is being pushed right now to create this giant narrative of World War III. It's not like we don't have enough, Austin, going on with COVID. We don't have enough going on with masks. We don't have enough going on with economies being shut down and destroying the world. We don't have enough going on with cryptocurrencies. And we don't have enough with people going and eating hearts in downtown Boston and all the other weird 
nonsense that we have. And now we have the Hunter Biden stuff. We don't have enough of this. It's now all of a sudden they're trying to push a World War III narrative on us. And, and it's really sad. And, and now I have another friend of mine who's an insider, and he knows Donald Trump personally. He said there's a possibility that Trump may hold up cue cards during this last debate. Like, you know, where's Hunter Biden? Why is it Hunter being investigated? Where'd all the money go, Joe? Now, whether he does that or not, I don't know. It would be funny. But if he did it, it wouldn't surprise you because it would be part of the circus clown show that we call American politics. Austin, what do you think, bud? What's your next story? Well, yeah, and one thing I wanted to add on that is something that we've never really witnessed before, though, before an election. This is something that's been odd. It's been kind of troubling me a little bit, and I've been researching it more because at first I just thought it was Antifa rhetoric, BLM terrorist rhetoric. And now I'm starting to see that it's getting way more than that, is that what they're starting to say now on the left is they're pretty much prepping the entire populace to know that Trump's going to win on election night, but when all these mail-in ballots, they're just going to start appearing from nowhere. Where I told you, California, they're allowing ballots to be counted up until November 21st. Not joking. Now, I mean, you can't even make some of this stuff up. A lot of states are still going like a week, week and a half past the election. Well, there's another article that just came out. This is very strange. It basically um, was on Axos, and it was discussing this group called Hawkfish, which is a very well-funded leftist, pretty much terrorist group, which is funded by Michael Bloomberg and also works for the Democratic National Committee and the pro-Biden super PAC. Hawkfish CEO Josh Mendelson is calling what a scenario is going to be as a red mirage. He said, and I quote, we are sounding an alarm and saying that this is a very real possibility and will more than likely happen, that the data is going to show on election night that there's an incredible victory for Donald Trump. When every legitimate vote is tallied and we get that final day, which will be someday after the election, it will in fact show what happened on election night was that. It was a mirage. It will look like Donald Trump was in the lead, and he fundamentally was not when every ballot gets counted. And then on this article, they actually have this result changer i kid you not and it shows you from november 3rd how like almost everything is red and trump wins and then november 4th 5th 6th 7th and it changes literally like predictive programming telling people this is what we're planning on doing and the modeling scenario shows trump holds a projected lead of 408 to 130 electoral votes on election night. They said, though, however, once 75% of the mail ballots were counted, perhaps four to five to six days later, the lead will flip in Biden's favor. This is the first time I've heard this rhetoric, because when the first time I heard it, I was like, okay, you just got a bunch of angry liberal feminists that are getting mad. They just want to run their mouth, but it's not. These groups are actually very well-funded, topping tens of millions of dollars in funding they have. Well, now this new thing that just came out yesterday that I saw is a Trump resistance plan from the group Shut Down D.C., and they're closely knit with Black Lives Matter. And they said riot and protest instigators are planning to make Trump leave the White House by any means necessary after the November 3rd election. We're making plans in the streets before the polls even close, ready to adapt and respond whatever comes our way, the group says on its website currently. The group links the protest, basically saying that it tells D.C. area supporters to come to the Black Lives Matter Plaza on election night to create serious disruption if Trump tries to steal the 
the election. And then it has this breakdown. It says November 3rd, basically with the plaza. We start this phase of the election season strong and in the streets. November 4th through 7th, respond to the likely coup attempt by Donald Trump. Continue to mobilize in large numbers for marches and other actions. This would be a good time for affinity groups to plan disruptive actions. And then it goes on to say here, take appropriate precautions for security. This includes forming affinity groups that will go into more detail and possibly gauge in higher risk actions. Now, if this was some type of right-wing group, they would automatically already been shut down and had the FBI at their front door questioning them about literally what they're saying here. It seems to me, and I, like I said, this could be completely far field, but it seems to me what is about to happen is they're going to use this election. Not that it matters who gets elected, because it doesn't. In reality, I think Trump's going to get elected. I think he actually will win. But it doesn't matter if he wins. It doesn't matter how he wins. It doesn't matter how legitimate the election is. They're going to use this as a catalyst event to do a Bolshevik revolution in the United States and say, listen, this doesn't have anything to do with us. These are these revolutionaries that basically are saying Trump didn't win. He cheated. He had Russian collusion again. Russian helped him cheat. He didn't get the win. The ballots came in now, and they're saying that Biden's winning, even though it's going to be the same crap that we saw down here when DeSantis ran for governor. All of a sudden, there's just boxes of ballots showing up everywhere. Videos of trucks in the middle of the night at rest areas unloading ballots in the back of trucks. I mean, we made jokes about it. Oh, yeah, man, we got another 12-foot gator down in the Everglades. We gutted him. And lo and behold, we found another box of ballots. This gator ate a box of ballots. It was just, it was literally like that. It was a complete and total joke. They did everything they could to steal the election from the Santas to get that complete and total drughead Gillum in the governorship, which I can tell you right now, if he would have won Florida, oh, man. This place would be a whole different state right now. We're blessed we got DeSantis in there, and he's one of the only governors still in the entire country that's had the stones to completely and totally reopen the state and stop all these ridiculous restrictions and mass mandates and everything else. Now, granted, people can still have their own mass mandates and their own business if they want. Hardly anybody complies, though, from what I've seen. But you do still have a general portion of the population that are idiots, and they're walking around now reducing their O2 levels all the time, even outside in parking lots. It's actually embarrassing to watch but so just be aware the reason why i bring this up isn't to get anybody nervous or this isn't fear porn what i'm telling you this is this there's a high probability right after the election stuff's going to go wild these guys aren't putting this stuff on the website these groups that have gotten tens of millions of dollars through soros groups have not put this information out because they want to sound cool we already saw what happened over the summer when these clowns get in endless amounts of money from the communist groups they riot and they protest like in portland 100 days straight that's what i think is about to happen on a larger scale after the election doesn't matter if trump legitimately wins they're going to say he cheated doesn't matter if he wins and then these votes keep rolling in for weeks on end from all these other states they're going to say biden supposedly won now doesn't matter if they've given out what is it now 80 or 90 million mail-in ballots all over the place even unrequested just mailing them out everywhere doesn't matter we're going to have pets dogs dead people everybody's going to be voting in this election and so it's going to be something to watch and so i encourage everybody make sure you're staying awake right now make sure you're staying aware especially after the election wherever you go which i mean i'm like this all the time already have very good situational awareness 
And if you can legally carry a firearm, concealed, my opinion, don't carry open. I'm not a fan of that. And that's my opinion. Um, but again, be ready for what's about to start happening and make sure you got everything prepared and ready for what you need. If you got, you need to get extra water stored up, if you need to have some extra food stored up, if you need to get some extra ammo, whatever you need to do. But I'm letting you know right now, in my opinion, there's a high probability that they're going to start a full-blown Bolshevik revolution in the United States starting in the fall because this is the perfect catalyst. Because remember, Dad just said a second ago, the chaos, that group's running around doing this mock sacrifice, hardening, sick stuff. It's chaos. They keep saying chaos. This is what they're planning on doing. As much chaos as they can cause, the better. Because when you have a populace that's getting hit from every single angle and everything's chaotic. And we saw that this summer. It's a prime example. With the COVID on TV and telling everybody you basically got to be scared to walk outside. You can't go anywhere. You can't go to church. But at the same time, tens of thousands of BLM terrorists, the Antifa terrorists are running around looting and rioting. It was chaotic. They've given us a break now because they want to have this calm before the storm. That's exactly what is happening right now. So don't get complacent. Don't get lax. Get prepared. Make sure you're staying in shape and make sure you're staying ready because there's no doubt about it. I think we're about to see some very interesting times within the next couple weeks, Dad. You know, Austin, I I couldn't have said it any better. And remember, in the meantime, they're putting in 5G everywhere. In the meantime, they're bringing in cryptocurrencies. In the meantime, they're trying to do forced vaccinations. In the meantime, they're trying to put a COVID passport out. In the meantime, they're doing all of this other stuff, but nobody pays any attention to that because everybody is wrapped up in the fact that basically Hunter Biden likes little girls and likes to torture them. And now Julie Rihanna, Julie, whatever, Julie, whatever his name is, he's releasing pictures of Biden with these girls who he's attacked and all the horrible stuff that he's done. And Rudy's being completely and totally discounted now by the mainstream media, running around telling everybody, telling everybody that he's a drunk and he doesn't know what he's saying anymore. He's nuts. And of course, he's telling the truth, but it's again, it's part of the scene. The scene. Remember, Rudy Giuliani was neck deep in 9/11. Don't ever forget that. He did a lot of cover up for those boys and girls who were involved in 9/11. So don't make it like he's some kind of hero because he's not. It's really important you understand that. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm glad he released the Hunter Biden stuff, but again, that's more chaos more confusion. Remember their mantra, out of chaos will come a new world order. They want to make it so bad and so chaotic that everybody goes, ah, the heck with it. Our government has failed. People have gone nuts. We need a new government. We need the military in charge. We need a one world order. We need a new world order. We need a one world religion. The heck with all of this. And that's their goal. That's where they're pushing everybody to by creating all of this dissonance. You got people eating hearts in downtown Massachusetts and Boston. What the heck are we like? Is it? Were we back to the dog on medieval days? We, no, we're back to the Kabbalah showing who they really are. And now we've got these Hollywood stars running out and doing naked photo shoots, protesting Donald Trump, saying they're leaving the country. All of this crazy nonsense is going on. Why? I guess we're. I guess we're aggravating their demons. You know, most of these guys in Hollywood who are involved in the Kabbalah, who go to these secret service practice weirdo rituals, they're infested with demons. And I guess we've stirred up the demonic demons. Why? Because we're praying like crazy, especially me and Sharon. We prayed again for you guys today. You guys are all praying. And so we have a whole bunch of demonic activity going on right now that is doing everything it possibly can to create maximum amount of chaos. Guys eating hearts in the middle of Boston... That's pretty demonic, guys. It's getting me sicker than that. 
But again, they're just showing you what they do in their rituals at night. And it's a lot worse than that. They don't just take hearts. They sacrifice people to take their hearts out. Same thing the Incas and the Aztecs and the Mayans and all these other people in Central and South America did when Lucifer came to them in the form of Quetzalcoatl, the serpent god. Surprise, surprise with the serpent part, which is a giant snake eyes up, a giant serpent in a tree who they worship through the Kabbalah showed up at their doorstep and said, I'm going to give you all this advanced knowledge on mathematics and determining the future and calendars and how to build pyramids, but you're going to have to do something for me. You've got to sacrifice your children. I'll never forget, I was on a cruise ship one time, and we were down there by the Panama Canal in South and Central America, and I went downstairs in the stairwell one time. This was Holland America, which I would never recommend going on a Holland America ship because it's a carnival ship. It's one of the nastiest places I've ever been. I mean, we had that projectile vomiting in there with people getting sick. It was horrible, guys. It was horrible. And, uh, you know, I got in trouble with the captain. I mean, it was a big mess is what it turned into. And I remember I'm down at the bottom of the stairwell, the bottom of a ship, on one of the back corners of a stairwell going down, you know, right, at the, right before the crew quarters. You're already supposed to be down that low. And there's a giant picture on the wall of a Mayan, Incan, Aztec, whoever it was, sacrificed on top of a pyramid with somebody ripping somebody's heart out. It's a painting that they put on the ship. And you think... What kind of sicko would put a painting like this on a ship? It was a, it was a real depiction of a sacrifice. And that's why so many of the people in the Central and South America, they've never done anything with their lives. They've been steeped in this mess for so many centuries and decades that, you know, they're cursed is what it is. And you say, well, how can you say stuff like that, Ted? Well, think about it for a second. You know, remember what Fox said, who was the president of Mexico years ago? He said that when the, when he said when the people came to the United States to found the United States and to start a colony here, they came for freedom of religion and to find God and to serve God. When Cortez and the boys came over from Europe into America, into Central and South America, they came over looking for gold. That's what he said. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said. And see, we have that situation where Mexico and the United States share the same border. We share the same natural resources. The difference is that Protestant work ethic that came over to the United States. That's the difference. Didn't come to the South American or Central American countries. That's why they all live in poverty. I've been all over South America. It's awful down there. Now, there are a couple of spots in Chile, which are pretty nice. There are. And there are a couple of spots in, in, in Buenos Aires. And that's a pretty nice city, but it's really run down. But the problem is, it's almost all third world. Why? Because of this bloodline thing they've got going on, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, think about it for a second, all the stuff that they did. And now you got the Catholic Church, which pretty much runs those, that part of the world. I mean, it really does. And Pope Francis is now calling out, uh, basically, for a civil union law for same-sex couples and a shift from Vatican stance. I mean, unbelievable. In a documentary appeared, appeared premiered Wednesday in Rome, that was basically today, Pope Francis called for the passage of civil union laws for same-sex couples. Pope Francis is doing everything he possibly can to destroy, and I mean very sincerely, destroy the Catholic Church. I don't even believe the guy's a Christian or a Catholic or anything. I, I don't. I think he's complete and totally heathen. He wants to have same-sex couple civil union laws, departing from the position of the Vatican's, Vatican's doctoral in office and Pope's predecessors on the issue. The remarks came amid a portion of the documentary that reflected on the pastoral care for those who identify as LGBT. And he goes, homosexuals have a right to be part of the family. They're children of God, and they have a right to a family. Nobody should be thrown out or be made miserable because of it, Pope Francis said in the film, of his approach to pastoral care. Now, guys, here's the thing. I agree 
that everybody's created in God's image. I do. I do. I agree with that. And I believe that homosexuals should repent, not live that lifestyle, accept Jesus Christ, and basically become Christians and become part of the family of God. But the Bible is very, very clear about this. It says those who are homosexuals cannot enter heaven. They cannot. It's, it's, it's a sin that God just doesn't deal with. He doesn't want to deal with this sin. It can't be. Now, if you've done that kind of stuff in your past, you've done that kind of stuff in your life, you know, it's the same thing. There's a whole list of these sins that you cannot basically get into heaven through. But the reality is, is that you need to continually be working on not doing those things and repenting for what you do. You know, I still do things I should not do. Every, every once in a while, especially when I start dealing with teenagers, I may say a bad word. And if you can get through teenagers in your home and not use bad words, I've got a halo I'm going to recommend you for. I'm proud of you. I'll just let you know that in advance. In addition to that, you know, there are other things that we all do. We say something we shouldn't say. We say something ugly. That's all part of what we're supposed to be repentive for as a Christian, to confess our sins unto the Lord. But to live in a debaucherous lifestyle, to, to, it's, it's like saying this. I'm going to go out and continue to practice Santeria or some other pagan religion or some other occultish religion and continue to say that I'm a Christian while I'm doing all this stuff. No. You know, we just need to do the best we can and we need to avoid all of this stuff. Does that mean that God doesn't love you if you're in sin? No, he loves everybody. But guys, I'm going to say something to you really, really kind of quick here. This is important because I'm almost, you know, running out of time again. You know, God loves you as an individual, but he does not like the sin. And quite frankly, Personally, I believe God loves you, but he doesn't like everybody. You think, well, what does that even mean? Well, if you had kids, you understand that. You always like, you always love them, but you don't like what they do sometimes. And there are people, as, as a Christian, who go to our church that I don't like. I'll be honest with you. I don't like them. But as a Christian, I'm commanded via agape love to love one another. And so I do my best to walk in love with them. And quite frankly, I don't ignore them, and I'm cordial to them. But I don't want to have a direct interaction with them. Why? Because I don't want to have the conflict. Because they're going to say something stupid. They're going to say something ridiculous. They're going to try to say something just to provoke me or whatever. Because that's just how some people are. And so I don't like them. But I, the same thing. You know, I'm having a birth, 65th birthday party. There's some people I'm just in our neighborhood I simply won't invite. Now, they're Christians. But I don't like them. Because they've got, they're messed up. They, 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 they have weird personalities. And I personally believe, and this is my own opinion, that God's the same way. That he has favor on those he wishes to have favor on. That there are people out there that he loves because they're Christians, but they just got a really lousy personality or a really lousy whatever, and God doesn't really care for them as an individual. That's why favor is fair, but it's not consistent. I want to repeat that. Favor is fair, but it's not consistent. You say, well, why is so-and-so blessed and the other person is not? Well, it might be that you know, they don't pay their bills. It might be that their credit report is like a 300 and they don't pay anybody's bills. It might be that they intentionally file bankruptcy every seven years to defraud creditors. It might be that they're continually doing things they shouldn't ought to do, like committing adultery and doing things that aren't pleasing to God, and that's why their, their life is not blessed. Then in the Old Testament, you can look at the other thing with, with King David. King David, not only did he commit adultery with Bathsheba, he had Uriah the Hittite killed, but then he repented and repented. And by the way, Uriah the Hittite, for those who don't know the biblical story, is the husband of Bathsheba. And then they got married. 
she got pregnant. They got married. The first baby died. And then they gave birth to Solomon, who was probably one of the most satanic kings that Israel ever had with his unbelievably horrible wives that he had. And he even wrote Solomon's Book of the Dead. It was involved with all types of pagan rituals and occult teachings and philosophies. Oh, that's, that's Solomon, right? But the reality is this. God loved King David because King David repented. He didn't want to live like that. He didn't want to be in that lifestyle anymore. And he was so sorry for what he had done with Bathsheba. And i got to stop for one second here. And i got to talk about Bathsheba. Okay, the king's in his palace, right? Ladies, men, just listen to me for a second. And Bathsheba knows that she's got a roof on top, right underneath the palace. And she knows that King David's out there on the roof looking around all the time. And she's got a bathtub set up on her roof. Just thought I'd mention that. And so she's out there taking a bath one day when King David happens to be out. That's how all that mess started. I mean, guys, <laughs> I'm only going to go further with that, but how did, 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 was King David set up by Bathsheba? Probably. That's how I look at it. But the whole reality is this. You know, regardless of what situation we're put into, regardless of what situation that we're having to deal with, the reality is if we try to honor God through our actions, if we fall and if we sin, if we do something wrong and we repent and we ask God to forgive us, his grace is sufficient for us. And he will. But that doesn't mean we're supposed to continue in repetitive sin. In other words, some of you go, well, I have a problem with this. Okay, I got that. All right. Well, just be in a situation where you don't get to the point where you don't care anymore that you're doing that, that you realize that what you're doing is wrong and you're asking God for forgiveness. He's just. He's faithful. I mean, if he can forgive David after what David did, he can forgive all of us. But the Pope shouldn't be out there telling people they have same-sex unions and be considered Christians or considered part of the church family. It's not okay. It's not okay, guys, with regard. You say, well, I usually don't talk about the gay stuff. No, I don't. And I've said this to you before. I'll say it again. If we take the whole spiritual aspect of the gay thing out, and we're in a ditch, and we're fighting, right? And we're fighting the New World Order, and we've got conservative gay guys in the ditch with us, and they're fighting this Bolshevik revolution with us, and all of the patriots that are in the ditch with us are dead, who are straight guys, and the gays are still fighting with us against this. I'm going to be happy that the gays are in the ditch with me. Now, I'm going to wish they weren't gays, but at that point, it won't matter, will it? See, that's the kind of attitude we have to have. We've got to pray for the sinner, pray for the repentance. We've got to love them as Christians, but we need to let them know that what they're doing is not right. We can't preach an inclusive doctrine like Joel Olstein does, that everybody can do anything they want. Does Joel think that eating a heart in downtown Boston is okay? Does Joel think that's all right? Does Joel think that he could eat a, that they could eat hearts in downtown Boston and they could say they're Christians? Where does Joel draw the line? And I, I know Joel. I haven't spoken to him in a few years, but I know him. I mean, I, I, if I saw him again, I'd ask him that question. Where do you draw the line, Joel? What do you say is not okay? And see, that's the problem that we have, Austin. We've gone in and we've taken this inclusion doctrine now, and we've allowed everybody to come in and do everything. This is why, this is why the government has collapsed. This is why our Senate has collapsed, and our judiciary has collapsed, and the House has collapsed. This is why we have so many satanic groups and special interest groups leading the way in D.C. because many of them are very well organized, and they've taken the country down with it because we have not stood on the principles of God's word, and we have not drawn a line in the sand. 
and we've been in a rowboat with these guys in the middle of the ocean, and because of what they're doing, we pulled the plug out of the boat, and it started leaking water. And we keep rowing like it's not leaking water. Pretty soon we're ankle deep. Pretty soon we're knee deep. Pretty soon the boat's about to founder. We're about to go under. And we're like, what the heck happened? I'm telling you what happened. You pulled the plug. You don't pull the plug. That's why the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we've got to stand on it. If we stand on the word of God and his commandments and what he tells us to do and what he tells us not to do, it'll be all right. This is why when you have children... You have an entirely different responsibility. You really do. At that point in your life, you've got to be willing to draw the line in the sand with these kids and say, no, it's not okay to do drugs. No, it's not okay to go drive and drink. No, it's not okay to hang out with those people. No, it's not okay to go cover your body in piercings and pretend like God doesn't say anything about that in the Old Testament. No, it's not okay to do that. It's not okay to show up late. It's not okay not to pay your bills. It's not okay not to pray. It's not okay. You see, this is what we as parents have ceased to do. Now, I've done my best to do that. I've done my best to try to teach the kids the way that God would call us and to act the way God wants us to act. But guys, how many people do that? How many parents actually do that? The other day, Austin and I were at... We were had we had the photo shoot. If you guys are on St. Brower, which is a Sharon's Instagram, Sharon Ted Brower on Instagram, we basically did a photo shoot for the Christmas card that we have for Health Masters every year for the one we, you'll get in your boxes. And what was interesting about this is Sharon was letting Hunter scroll through her pictures on her iPhone. Hunter's four years old, and Austin said to Sharon, his mom, "Hey, look, mom, I don't want him playing with his phone." I don't want him getting dopamine triggers by doing this. I don't want him, you know, using your telephone like this. He's not even going to have access to this phone. The answer is no. And Sharon really didn't get it, but she kind of understood it. So she took the phone back, and it was just within a couple of minutes that Hunter was doing that. When she, he took the phone away from Hunter and gave it back to Sharon, Hunter laid his head on Sharon's lap and was pouting. That fast, that fast, he was looking for the dopamine release and the dopamine trigger. And he was upset. Now, a couple of minutes later, he was fine again because he didn't get the phone back. But how many times will parents give them the phone back? How many times will parents give them the iPad back? How many times will the parents give them unfettered access to the Internet? How many times? Because the kid pitches a fit. Listen to me. If you're going to have kids, you better get used to something. They're going to pitch a fit. Every once in a while, they're going to get mad. You know, while we were doing the shoot, it was funny. Kendall, the two-year-old, decided she was mad. And she decided that she did not want to be there doing pictures anymore. And it wasn't until Alexis took Kendall, my oldest daughter, and held her for a few minutes, was Kendall not okay? This is just the way kids are. There's a reason they call them kids, because they act like they're kids. They act like they're immature. I told my 17-year-old the other day, look, I said, these decisions that you're making are not okay. You've got to stop acting like you're eight years old. You got, you know, you're almost 18. You've got to stop this. When I was a child, I acted like a child. But when I became an adult, I left the foolish things and the childish things behind me. That's what we need to understand. Well, I know I've, I've pontificated. I've preached a little bit today. But, guys, I love you. I really do. You guys are absolutely awesome, and I'm blessed to be part of your family. God bless you. Go ahead and finish it up, Austin, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. Also, to another news, when I told you guys the Common Pass, the COVID passport immunity test that they're basically trying to roll out, the first roll of test subjects did it today. 
essentially, if you guys remember what I talked about, they're going to be flying from Heathrow to New York, JFK. And uh, it's a common pass. You basically go and get tested. You have it obtained from a lab, a certified lab. You upload the results to your phone on an app, the Common Pass app, and they will com- then complete any health-related questionnaires that are required by the country before traveling. Before boarding, the airline uses the CP to check whether travelers have met the entry requirements by scanning a QR code generated by the app. Anybody have noticed this? And this is why I bring this up a lot. And this is going to tie into what Dad just said. Anybody notice that our lives are now being run by apps? I'm asking you guys that a question, literally. Has anybody realized that? That our lives are pretty much run by phones and applications on these phones now. This is why I'm very anti-phone. If anybody knows me, I'm not. I am not pro-cell phone at all. I use it absolutely. Is it a tool? Absolutely. Can it make life way easier? Make work on the road, check emails, respond to you know clients and customers while I'm out and about. Absolutely. But there's also a line with that that has to be drawn with these phones. That's why when Hunter was playing with that phone the other day. And I told mom, I said, if he wants to look at a specific photo or something that's on your, your phone, I said, I don't have a problem with that. But he wasn't. He was scrolling through real fast. Flicker rate. Boom, boom, boom. Looking at all these different photos. Getting all these different triggers. All these different things on her phone. Flip, 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 flip. I've researched this for too long, guys. I've talked to too many researchers and doctors that have been researching this for years now with these iPhones and what they do and what they've been signed. I've been saying this for years, even before this silly movie, The Social Dilemma, came out that I told people they need to watch. Really, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. And I'm like, man, I've been yelling about this for the last six, seven years. I knew what this stuff was going on, not to this extent. Now, perfect example, YouTube has now come out now officially and said that they are now partnering with the World Health Organization to go in now and remove any videos that question vaccines. I kid you not. They have now confirmed that they'll be working with the WHO to remove any videos that question the narrative. The WHO, which is now nothing more than a big pharma front group, is advancing the interest of vaccine makers. WHO has made big tech, essentially, its echo chamber and partnered with Silicon Valley now. And they're now saying any information about vaccine damage, vaccine injury, viral shredding from vaccines, among other serious topics that concern public health, will now be removed from YouTube because they do not want that information coming out. And of course, they're saying, oh, well, it's, you know, it's on our, our guidelines. You know, they're, they're violating our guidelines because it may hurt people. So they're saying it may hurt people by not getting vaccinated because they're saying not to get vaccinated. Now, what's funny about this is I've said this before, people argue with me. The flu vaccine and the flu season, the big flu season that shows up every year, don't know how this flu season keeps coming back, and it's become a way of life. We just accept it, right? We just go, oh, it's flu season. Why, though? Why is flu season? Anybody ever asked that? Why, why do we have the flu season every year? Why do we have this virus that mysteriously pops up every single year? We can't get rid of it. The only way we know how to get rid of it and safely protect you for your protection is for you to get a vaccine. Well, for some odd reason, nobody ever begs to ask the question, why in the world the nasal spray flu vaccine that's one of the most popular ones, say live flu virus. But they say, hey, hey, it doesn't matter. You can't get it from the live flu virus we're injecting into your nose. You can't get it from that. It's safe. You're protected from it. Don't ever discuss the fact of live viral shedding. 
That's a very real thing. Oh, no, 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 no. The flu vaccine, nasal vaccine that's live, it can't shed. It can't because we said it can't shed. There's no worries about it. You can't get anybody sick with the flu once you get this vaccine because it's perfectly safe. Why is it perfectly safe? They'll come out with some completely and totally erroneous research that they that they pay for to have done. And they say, see, we told you it's safe. It doesn't shed. You don't get the virus, even though it's a live flu virus that you're injecting into your body. Guys, how much more do we have to get lied to before we actually start saying no, no more? How many more shots and flu vaccines and other shots do people have to get and get sick repeatedly before people go, you know what? I don't buy the narrative. There's a reason why YouTube is coming in now with who and shutting down any type of vaccine questions. You now have yesterday, if you guys saw this, which I'm bringing this up because, quite frankly, I'm glad it's happening, but I highly doubt it's going to go anywhere because of what's happened. Google now, if you guys have found out, Google, the Department of Justice, along with 11 state attorney generals, has now filed antitrust lawsuit in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia to stop Google from unlawfully maintaining monopolies through anti-competitive and exclusionary practices in the search and search advertising markets and to remedy the competitive harms. Alphabet, which is the, the, the brain of this whole thing, the head of the snake, I guess you could say, is basically being sued. And they're coming in now. So the Justice Department is saying that Alphabet has paid billions of dollars to Apple, and other mobile phone manufacturers and web browser companies in order for these companies to maintain Google as their default search engine. Those payments and similar arrangements have allowed Google to maintain a lock on web search market, which has long been the foundation of its business. And one of the allegation arrangements, Google made it so its browser cannot be deleted from mobile phones that are preloaded. They go on to say here, lawmakers and consumer advocates have long accused Google, whose corporate parent alphabet has a market value of a little over $1 trillion. But that's, that's Apple's market cap. It's like $1.1 trillion is their market valuation. Of abusing its dominance in online search and advertising to stifle competition and boost profits, Google, along with a search engine, owns the leading web browser Chrome, the world's largest smartphone operating system Android, and the top video site YouTube, and the most popular digital mapping system in the world. Google controls slightly over 90% of the entire global web searches. Yes, Google Alphabet has a serious antitrust issue, and I'm glad it's being addressed finally. However, this isn't by mistake, guys. This isn't by accident. There's a reason why Google got this much clout and they had the ability to go this far without ever being questioned. The problem is now, Google's like too big to fail, so to speak. You shut down Google, they're going to shut down the internet. Literally. I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic about that. They've gotten too big now. So this is what's going to happen. They can go in and they can investigate them. They can say they're going to break them up. Or Google will say, okay, okay, we'll pay a little fine here. We'll do what we want. But if they actually try to go in and fully break up Alphabet and completely just push these guys apart and have multiple buyouts, dude, Google will literally drop the Internet. They will drop it. When you control over 90% of the entire world's web searches, you own the Internet. And this isn't by chance. This isn't by mistake. And I commend these individuals in the Department of Justice and the 11 state attorney generals for standing up for this. Unfortunately, I think Google 
is beyond repairing and breaking down. And even if they do agree to slight breakup, it'll be like, oh, Rothschild Jr. owns this one, Rothschild III owns this section, and Rothschild IV owns this section. That's how it's going to go. I mean, there's not going to be any legitimate breakup. So, again, something I want to address there, but I wanted to bring it up. This is why I tell you, again, keep these apps and the permissions turned off. My phone, I can't even use my phone for Google Maps. It's disabled. If you try to go on there, I, I tried to do it the other day, I forgot. I got to do it. It says Google search, Google location is all disabled. It's unable to function. You need to go in. You can go in and disable a lot of this stuff. You can't use it. It's, it's done. You can't use it. You got to go in and reapply it, turn it back on, give permissions. But quite frankly, I learned real quick on a phone years ago when I didn't know anything about it, and I opened it up, and I clicked on Google Maps, and it showed me history. And it literally showed me every single place I went and drove and stopped and ate and shopped everywhere. Now, it's not just that Google doesn't have the information, because even if you have it off, they still track you. These are slave tracking phones. It's that when you do it, they sell that information. So literally, you have all these companies that are buying your information of where you went, what you did, what you bought. It's exactly what Walmart's setting up to do right now with their new app. Again, guys, thank you for the support. I went long. I didn't realize what time it was. I'm just trying to get this information out there, trying to wake people up. Thank you for supporting the show, my friends. Thank you for getting your vitamins and supplements from us, even if it's just toothpaste and multiple powder, multiple capsules. Thank you for taking care of Health Masters. If you need anything, feel free to check out the website, healthmasters.com. Numerous sales on buckets going on right now. We've got the four-pack special up on the website. In stock, ready to ship today. Not playing any games with anybody. I've been one of the most aggressive individuals trying to get these food buckets in stock to make sure if you guys need organic food buckets, we have them here today. We can ship them out immediately. If you need any supplements, let us know. We're here to help out the best we can. Thank you, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Stay frosty. I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.